Hey, uh, one other announcement before we get started. <clears throat> Next week, we're kicking off a whole new series. And uh, this is a time typically, you know, we all have rhythms and cycles in our lives. And uh, for the church, fall is one of the big kickoffs. And we've, we've noticed just in the 10 years that I've been here that the fall is a time when people begin to make commitments. Their, their schedule has solidified a little bit. And so um, they know what their kids are going to be doing and all these types of things. And also, um, it's, it's kind of this idea of a new beginning. And so as we start this series next week. It's going to be on the fruit of the Spirit. And so um, I'd encourage you to ask to, to invite somebody uh, to come and just uh, we're going to be talking about what your life would look like if you gave control over to God. And so that fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these types of things. And so uh, you might just want to invite somebody. A lot of times they'll come. And so uh, it might change their life. And so we're excited about that. Um, we are in our last week of our series called Life Hack. And as we've been talking about, a life hack is something that's been lying around all the time. And you maybe never thought to use it in a certain way. And so last week, we focused on binder clips. And uh, we showed a video on all the different ways you can use binder clips. And uh, as I promised, every week... We will come up with a life hack for you so that even if you don't believe in the Bible and you're like nonsense rubbish, you can go home and have something worthwhile that you can use. So uh, here's, here's one of my favorite ones. <clears throat> this is just, a, I took this off of one of the containers in my garage. And so it's just a piece of plastic, but it doesn't need to be plastic. It could be metal. It, it could be anything, okay? And so let's say... Um, you're, you're, you know, you, you, you come home and, um, you know, some gang has come into your house and has done graffiti on some of your stuff with, with a marker, okay? So I'm just going to do some graffiti uh, for uh, right here uh, with my name, okay? So, so that, that's my name in graffiti talk, okay? John, all right? That's the best, best I could come up with. And, uh, and so you look and it's like, wait a minute. This is a Sharpie permanent marker. That means this must be permanent. You guys are quick. Well, it would be, okay, if you didn't have clear, what do you call it, suntan lotion, okay? This, the, it has to be the clear spray. Don't be rubbing on any lotions on it, okay? You have to have the clear spray. So I take, and again, this is just plastic and there's no, I rolled my sleeves up to show you there's nothing up there, okay? And so you just spray it on the, on the actual text there and um, wipe it off. Bam. It's gone, okay? There's your life hack for this morning. Brought to you by Copper Tone Sport AccuSpray. Okay, uh, no, there we go. So... That's your life hack, and uh, that's the last one that we have. You can go online and try to find your own. Uh, I think it works with hairspray too, but I'm not, I'm not that sure. But uh, basically what we've been saying is that, you know, these little things that we find around the house or little tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff is great, and it, it's awesome. But God, in his word, has given us lots of life hacks that if we just recognize their value, if we just recognize um, that maybe this isn't the thing we would normally do, and we do it, our lives begin to change. So we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about uh, the hold that money has on us. 
And, and you'd think that if, you have, if, if money has a hold on you, you'd think that you'd need to earn more in order to get that hold off. But in fact, the life hack is generosity. You give more to break the hold of money. We talked about um, uh, when we're wronged, the thing we want to pick up is justice. We want to make it right. And we talked about the fact that you can't make it right. That, that our brokenness mixed with their hurtfulness brings about a debt that they cannot repay. They cannot repay that debt. And so we said instead of picking up justice, we pick up the life hack of forgiveness. And so we wouldn't normally think to do that. We talked about being grateful uh, for things. And so uh, last week we had a hard one, and, and I really would encourage you um, uh, to get the podcast. If you, didn't, if you missed last week, um, it was a really important one. And he, he, here's what we talked about. We talked about the idea that oftentimes we confess to God the same things over and over and over and over to make ourselves feel better, and, and we do, and he does forgive, and that's great. But what happens when we start confessing to each other? That's a little more difficult. And so we talked about some of the ramifications of that. This morning, I'm going to talk about one that's pretty difficult as well, depending on your personality. Um, And it was really interesting because as I was going through the text this week, uh, I was reminded that I go through this text uh, about every two years. And so I was just looking at my notes from different times I'd gone through that, that text. And I saw that, in fact, the last time I went through this text, I said, you know what? We should go through this every year. And that happens to be a, like a year and three months ago. And so um, because it, it, it's the same text, and I didn't want the sermon to be the same, I started thinking about, I need a good example for this. And uh, so I, ha- I had one, you know, and then, but it's like they, they, they don't want to hear the, the same example over and over again. And so I was like, Lord, you know, I, I need an example. So here's what happened yesterday, okay? I was coaching U16, under 16 boys soccer, okay? That's what I, I, I do for extra money. No, it's volunteer. It's not for money. Um, and so we were, just, we were just playing horrible, okay? And so halftime comes, and I get all the kids, and I, I sit them all down, and we have an easy up and all that, and they're eating watermelon and all this kind of stuff. And so they're, they're, they're going for it. And, and I'm just about to launch into, like, the 28 things we need to do differently for the second half, okay? And so all of a sudden, this relative from the other side of the field comes up and starts talking to the kids, See, the way it works in AYSO, like it didn't used to be this way, but now, uh, or at least in our region, the, the team and the coaches are on one side of the field and the parents are on the other side of the field. And that was the most glorious change that had ever taken place in my life. Because um, God, I mean, God loves those people. And so I wanted him to have a special time with them. Okay, and so, so it was weird to have a relative... Well, it was just weird, okay? And so he starts talking to the kids. And I, I turned, and I said, who are you? <laughs> like, I, didn't, I really didn't know who, who it was. And he starts ripping into the team and going, you're only using half of the field. You got to, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I said, hey, um, thanks, <laughs> but no, no thanks. And so he turns to me, and here's what he says. You are the worst coach I've ever seen in my life. And I said, sir, I have my sermon illustration. No, I didn't say that. Uh, I did what you would do. My brain just starts going, okay? And I start thinking to myself, 
I have all these tools. There's tools available to all of us. Just, I have all these tools around that I can use for this situation. And they're readily available. As a matter of fact, some of them I've used so much, I need to, you know, they're worn out and I need to get an, an, another one. But here's the first one is outrage. I could have grabbed outrage and gone, how dare you? How dare you come up to these kids and to me and, you know, we've worked hard and you have no right to go. Okay, so I could have. I'm not going to tell you what I did until the end. Uh, you're like, that's probably the one you did. Well, they were all swimming around in my head. Okay, let's just put it that way. Uh, the next one, uh, I could have used shame. Wow. So this is how, this is the example you're giving to these young men of how to handle conflict. So this is, this is what you, you've lived your life and this is what you have to offer now. See, that, that's shame, right? Could have, I could have picked up shame. I could have picked sarcasm, which happens to be one of the tools I am well crafted in, okay? And so... Um, I could have said something like, hey, kids, you know, hold on one second. Kids, this is so exciting. We have a professional soccer player here, and his pear-shaped body doesn't make it look like he's a professional soccer player. But he, okay, right? So you, you, you get that, okay? I could have used defensiveness. Oh, oh, oh no, we are, we've gone over this. I mean, we, you know, we didn't, you know, you have to understand, and the grass is long and the thing, and I could have made all these excuses, and, and you know, I'm the worst coach. No, I went over this just last week with them. I don't, I can't play for them, you know, the defensiveness, something like that. Um, I could have threatened him. <laughs> like, you talking to me? You know, something, I, as threatening as I can be, personally, which is incredibly threatening, I, I could have threatened him. I could have gone straight to violence. And, and just said, nighty night, bam. And then, you know, remove him and they just cart him off. I could have used violence. Um, I could have been passive aggressive. That's a good tool. My, I have relatives in my immediate family that are well, well versed in that, that one. Right? I could have said, oh, I'm so sorry. My son had brain surgery in February and so I've been a little distracted. You know, passive aggressiveness. All right. Uh, I could have done moral superiority. Sir, have you been drinking? <laughs> Immediately elevate to where now, now I'm at the moral top and he has to, no, I, now has to go and defend himself because I, I've taken moral superiority. Um, I could have used deflection, just laughed it off or said, you know, are those armpit stains on your shirt and what? You know, and just kind of tried to diffuse and deflect and just kind of change the subject and all that kind of stuff. Here, here's the point. There's many, many more tools that we have. But here's the thing. Someone might not call you the worst coach that they've ever met uh, in their life. And uh, they might not call you the worst boss they've ever had or the worst, you know, uh, driver. Well, they, uh, they might. But the, the, the thing is, we're going to have these types of encounters all week next week. <laughs> Like, we're, we're going to have conversations where, where you feel that you're misunderstood. We're going to have conversations where you feel um, put down. You, don't, you feel disrespected. We're going to have conversations where you don't, it, it feels uncomfortable. And we're going to have all these tools at our disposal that we have an opportunity to use. Twitter, if you're on Twitter very much, that is a 144 characters of all of these, <laughs> okay? And so what do we do? How do you know? Is there ever a time for these? 
what, what, what's, where, where's a starting place? Is there a life hack that might just be a starting place? Well, there is, um, and that life hack is found in James. And we talked about James last week because James is the one who said, confess your sins to one another. So we don't really like James, but we have to read what he wrote because it's in the Bible. And what he and like I mentioned last week, the way James is set up, it's like a guy was just writing notes to himself and then, you know, was going to organize them later, but forgot and it went out like that. <laughs> and so you'll find like James has a lot to say about different things and, and they're all just haphazard in James, which is kind of cool because it, uh, it, it makes you, if you want to find like a flow, you have to read through it a lot. And then you kind of get this idea of what James is trying to say. And James uh, does this with the topic I want to talk about. And he starts out in James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. It's weird. This type of Greek phrasing is almost like you, you know, you remind yourself. Of it. Like, you know, it, this is what it would say if, if, if we were talking in our terms. My dear brothers and sisters, put this on your fridge. Just, just put this, take a magnet and just put what I'm about to say, put this on your fridge, okay? He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That, that sound, you know what that sounds like? That sounds about as helpful as someone telling me, well, you need to have diet and exercise. I, I know, okay? I know. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate that. You have high cholesterol. You shouldn't eat bacon. Appreciate that. You know, put that on your fridge. But the thing is, later on, in just a few verses, he goes on to really flesh out why this is so important. It's not just a good idea or a, a, a nice little life quote or post it on your fridge because um, it's, it's like the chicken soup for your soul or, or you know, the, the, the phrase of the day. Here's what he says. Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So, so let me get this straight, James. You're saying that if I've been a Christian for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, I come to church, I read the Word, I listen, I pray, I'm involved in 14 small groups. Some meet in 2 a.m. in the morning, and that's when I fast, and I do all this kind of stuff. And, oh, man, I just can't even tell you. Uh, one time I did a prayer vigil for 72 days in, a, in the mountains, and I'm just, I, I, but you can't keep a rain on your tongue? It's rubbish. It's worthless. You're deceiving yourself. You know what Jesus says? Jesus says it this way. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so if you're gossiping, uh, guess what? I hate to tell you. <laughs> you, know, if you. If you have like outbursts of anger, guess what? That's a heart issue. And so James is saying that a really good thermometer, a really good indication of where you are with God is going to be this. So he says, they deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Okay, so that's, that's what he says in James. And then he goes on to some other stuff. Like, uh, like I love James because he's, he's kind of like me. He's a little bit ADD. It's like, he's writing about it. His, their religion is worthless. Squirrel, you know, and it's like, there he, there he goes. He's on to something else. And then, and then at chapter three, he's like, oh, that's right. I was going to write some stuff about the, you know, talking. So here's what he says in James chapter three. 
Verse 2, we all stumble in many ways, okay? Anyone who is never at fault in what, he, in what they say is perfect. Now, again, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird phrasing there. But essentially, if you're not at fault in what you say, uh, and that word perfect doesn't mean you're, you're a perfect person. It means it's like the telos, the end. You've arrived, okay? Let, let's, let's put it that way. If you can control your tongue, you've arrived. You made it. And then he goes on. He says, able to keep their whole body in check. <laughs> like what it's going to take for us to control our tongue, if we can do that, you, you'll go to the gym three times a week. You'll, 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 be, you'll be good with your budget. You'll, like your whole, all of self-control will, will just magically appear <laughs> because it's so, it's, that, that's, I made that up. But uh, that's how important James is trying to make this. And then he goes on with some really strong language about our, our yakker. Um, uh, after verse 2, he talks about the idea that big ships... There, you can navigate them with just a small rudder. And like a big horse, a, a stallion horse, um, you can guide it around with just a little bit. And he says, that's kind of what your mouth is like. like. Like big things happen and can be controlled by small things. And here's the example he uses. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest fire is set on, uh, is set on fire by a small spark. Just one little thing. And you know, we're in fire season right now, and you can just, you just hear the stories of how some of these fires start. Just one little thing, one little match, one little click, one little mistake, one little ember, okay? And, and what, what James is trying to say is your words have the potential to do a lot of damage. Because here's what James knows. You can't unsay something, can you? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That you could just, you know, you say something and then you just say it backwards. And the person's like, what was that? I'm like, nothing. I just said, I unsaid something. What'd you unsay? I'm not telling you. I unsaid it. I took it back. Now you can't remember it. I mean, that would just, that'd be awesome. I, I would, my whole, from 17 to 19, uh, it would be, no one would remember anything, okay? I mean, I'd just take it all back, right? That'd be awesome. But you can't unsay something. You can't, you, you can't, once it goes out there, it's out there. And here's what I would imagine. Some of you sitting here, and myself included, somebody said something, maybe you were in the third grade, Maybe you were in the first grade. They, they called you a name. They observed something about your physique. They called you clumsy, maybe. Stupid. Fat. Weird. And that one little ember landed, and you've been on fire ever since. Trying to put that out. Trying to, you know, I'm not that way. Overcompensating because of the insecurity and all that. That was a fire that got set on you when you were young. Now, here's the thing. So we've all experienced something like that. On the flip side, we've all probably lit a fire. And I'm telling you, I can think of things I've said. I would give anything to take it back, to unsay it, 
It's like squeezing the toothpaste out of the tube. You can, you can try to, you know, you can't un, un, get it back in there. It's out. And I've, I've said some things I am so ashamed of. I wish I've asked for forgiveness, all this kind of stuff, but it was out there. And this is what, that's what he's trying to say. And he says, then, then he just goes on um, kind of a, a rampage, like he goes on this big rant. Um, he says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And then it's like he's writing this and he's just getting amped up. And then he ends with this. And is itself set on fire by hell? Okay. And you're like, hey, James, could you tone it down just a tad? Okay. But here's what James knows. And this is what you and I know. The potential for damage that we have with our words is incredible. One of the examples I used a couple years ago when uh, I was preaching out of this same passage. Um, I'm, I'm frightened of guns. I'm, this isn't a gun sermon, a pro or anti or whatever, but I just don't, I guess I just don't want to get shot. I don't know. Anyway, but imagine you walk into your office and you have a whatever, nine millimeter, 15 in the clip, one in the pipe, hammers pulled back, safety's off, and you're just walking around. Hey, how's it going? What'd you do this weekend? You know, you know, you're at the water cooler. Did anybody watch the news? You know, everybody would just be diving out of the way and put that thing down. What? That's, we go into work every day with that. The problem is it's attached to our head. <laughs> and you can't just get rid of it. It's there. It's our mouth. It's our words. And what, what James is trying to say is though, there's so much potential for danger. That you got to understand, you can set relationships on fire, and, and oftentimes it's set on fire. The enemy just takes it and runs with it and just sets everything on fire because that's what he does. And he gets in, on to people and into people and, uh, you know, whispering things. And can you believe they said that? Why would, why would they say that? And all this kind of nonsense. So then he goes, you know, so then he ends with his fire of, of hell speech. And he's like, but I'm not finished yet, okay? And he goes on, he says, all, all kinds of birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. In other words, you can take the wildest, I'm still shocked. I know there's a documentary on it. And again, I, I, just, I just hit two controversial things in one sermon. I didn't even mean to do that. But, but like, I'm surprised still that there's a killer whale that we've trained to do stuff. Like, when did that even start? Like, how would you even start the process of, well, first you have to capture a killer whale. Okay, I'm out. Like, I, I don't even know how you do that. Then you get it, and you're like, hey, let's teach you to do tricks. That, that's just bizarre to me. And James wasn't even around then. Yeah, James, James wasn't like, well, I didn't mean a killer whale. Well, we did it. We were proving James right. Like, like lions, we, got, we have lions that we've tamed. Now, the cool thing about that is for a while, and then somebody slips in the cage and gets mauled, and it's like, well, I guess he wasn't that, <laughs> that trained, was he? Unless somebody trained him to do that. Mm. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so so they're, they're being tamed, tamed but listen to this. No human being can tame the tongue. You can't tame it. Now, here's the problem. 
James just said, it's fire. Uh, you're going to light all your relationships on fire and the enemy's going to take it and, 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 and they'll be held to pay or whatever the phrasing you want to use. It's bad. It's really bad. Oh, and let me just add this one thing. You can't tame it. Well, if it's that bad and it can have that much damage and I can't tame it, what am I going to do? He's, he says, you can't tame it. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison, but you can't tame it. So it's almost like you're sitting there reading it going, oh, Okay, well, thanks. (laughs) So here's the little imagery for those of you who are visual learners. There you go, okay? that's, That's our mouth. If you can't tame it, cage it. If you can't tame it, cage it. Now, you say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the life hack of silence. The life hack of not saying anything, of not tweeting anything, of not posting anything, of not replying anything, of not forwarding anything, of not sharing anything. The life hack of silence. You can't tame the tongue, but you can cage it so that it can't get out. Now you're like, John, does that mean like I can't talk anymore? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know how loose you got the animal or the fire or what. I don't know what's going on right now in your life. But for some of us, it might be a good idea to think, how quiet do I need to be? Because here's, here's the thing you're going to learn about silence. This isn't something you just will yourself to do. Like any other discipline, it takes practice. And it's like it's kind of like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you just get on the bench and you get as much as you can possibly lift and, and you just try to go, you're going to damage your joints. You're going to hurt yourself. And we've all done this. We go to the gym. We haven't been there in a year, so we're going to punish ourselves for that year, for that one time, you know, thinking, well, I'm going to really start strong. And then we can't move for two weeks, and so we just don't go back to the gym again, right? But that, it, this is what I'm talking about with science. It might be that we have to start really small. Maybe we're online, and we like to post on people's things, and then we get on a topic, and the topic's hot, and, and you just have a zinger, you just have this thing or a link you're going to link to and a thing you're going to do. And you're going to, you got to set the record straight, man. You got to, and you just decide as an exercise of silence, I'm not going to type that. Maybe you close your laptop or whatever it is, or you put away your phone or whatever. Maybe, maybe you're on Twitter a lot. And so, you, you know, the little snarky comments going back and forth and all this kind of stuff. And you, you decide for one tweet, Okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to retweet that. I'm just going to be silent. And what will happen is you'll begin to kind of get pretty good at those little things. And then one of your kids, we won't say what his name is, comes into your room and says something and you turn and you remember this awesome little graphic and you go I've been to the gym a little bit. I, I, the soreness feels kind of good. I'm going to increase the weight a little bit. And you go, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And do you think it'll grow back? I don't know. Okay, great. Well, have a nice day. Sounds good. And off they go. 
And then you get into work. And then you get into... And soon you'll find that very little forest fires are set by you because you've learned the discipline of silence. Now, here's the thing. The problem with silence is that it doesn't make you feel any better. So what happened when uh, the gentleman came and, and spoke to the kids, um, all those things were in my brain. Like, 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 like so, so don't think, just because I didn't say anything, and I, 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 I actually, I was preaching the next day, and that always helps me, but... Uh, because I exercised silence at that time doesn't mean all those things weren't in my brain. As a matter of fact, if you could hear what was in here, you wouldn't be here, <laughs> okay? You'd be like, I'm not listening to that guy. He's crazy. He thought of 14 ways to kill the guy. I can't even believe it. And they were all slowly. I don't even know. Like, like, but like, so, so here's the thing. Silence didn't help me. <laughs> At all. What was really sick was coming up with these things. That felt great. (laughs) All the things I could have said, that felt powerful. And isn't it true that our speech sometimes makes us feel powerful? This is what God is trying to have us avoid. That our speech would be powerful as it encourages. as As it builds up as it points out things in others that are positive. That's the kind of power God wants. So let me just read a couple of verses real quick that will help us. And, uh, one is out of Proverbs. This is great. If you want to take a screenshot of this or uh, uh, on your mobile device or, or write down the, the um, thing, it's Proverbs 27, 27, and 28. We're going to look at two, two verses, and then we're going to look at the one that's my favorite, that, that, the one that I, I talk about all the time when I talk about the tongue. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. Isn't it funny? As you think about the one with knowledge, doesn't it feel like they're the ones always talking? They know this, they know that, they know that, they want to put out that. So it's not, it's not the one with knowledge, like they, they know a lot of stuff. It's the one who knows the impact that their words can have. He says, the one with knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered, okay? Now, maybe not on the inside. Like I told you, I, I had evil thoughts. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but to be able to just kind of, and, 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 I've, and I've been wrong a billion times. I'm just was so happy to tell you this story because I finally did it right for once, and so I, I was really excited about that. But is even-tempered. Even fools are thought-wise if they keep silent. Isn't that true? Have you ever been in a meeting and everyone's talking, all, all that kind of stuff, and you notice that one person's just kind of going, and you start thinking to yourself, I wonder, wow, I wonder what, they, what they're thinking about. And you say, hey, uh, Susan, what, what's going on? And they just say, oh, nothing. You, you, guys, you guys have all, you know, you guys are covering it all. And you start thinking to yourself, wow, she's really smart. Now, you don't know what was going on in Susan's mind. She could have been like, why don't they have geranimals for adults? You know, got the lion shirt and the lion pants. They're on the inside. That would be great. But she's quiet, right? Or, you know, Ted is there and it says, uh, discerning if they hold their tongues. And so you'll watch somebody 
And you'll watch somebody attack somebody else and you watch that other person hold their tongue and you go, wow, that was impressive. And you might even go up to the person and go, I can't even believe that you didn't say anything. You know, and then they, they're like, I know, you know what I was going to say? You know, you know, you know right? See, the, the problem is, though, it doesn't help me to be silent. I went through all those things on my way home thinking, man, you know what? I was a little outraged. How, how dare he do that? I was a little, I, I had little one-line zinger sarcasm things I could have done. I, I, had a, I wasn't helped at all. It was a, it's a terrible life hack. <laughs> what you want to do is feel better. But it's wonderful if you want to stop the fire. There weren't 17, 16-year-old boys watching this thing get out of control. And now they have that memory of what it's like to play soccer, right? At least it stopped there. Now, what do I do with me? Well, see, that's between me and the Lord. See, that's the beauty of it. Silence drives us to our Heavenly Father because it doesn't fix the situation there. We, 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 didn't, we, we could have defended ourselves, but we didn't. We, we could have just easily explained, oh, but you know what, oh, if you knew the whole story. You know, if you knew, oh, well, see, the thing is, that, it, it, but you're silent. It doesn't fix anything. But it drives me to my Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, my value does not come from me volunteering for U16 soccer. Why does this bother me so much? Now, aren't I getting somewhere? And I have the opportunity for the Lord to speak. Here's the thing. If you don't remember anything at all, Remember this, if you're speaking, the Holy Spirit can't. If you're speaking, the Holy Spirit is going to go shout over you, hey, let me interrupt, you, let me interrupt. He's going to sit there and he's going to wait for you to be silent and go, Lord, what should I do in this situation right now? And they can go, oh, well, thanks for asking, <laughs> instead of talking. So here's, the, here's, this, here's this verse it's so fantastic. Psalm 141.3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, I get a couple imagery things in this. I, I went to Orlando this summer for this thing our denomination had to do. And I had to go through TSA. And I don't know if it's because of my past as a teenager or whatever. Just people in uniforms and, and like, and like, where everything's like heightened, uh, it just makes me nervous. And I'm not, I'm not carrying, I'm not packing, I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to get to my airplane. And, and so there's always that time where you have your, your, your ID, the ticket, and then there's the, the agent. And they take your ID and they do one of these. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I think I had a goatee in my, in my, in my you know, driver's license picture. You know, they're going to they're gonna assault me. They're going to get me. They're going to probe me. I don't want to be probed. Okay, right? And so they check, check, and then they look at the ticket. They check, and then they, they, they scribble a little thing. I don't know what that means, but it's like you, you, you're, on, you're on your way. Imagine if God really did that with our words. We're about to say something. He's like, hold on one second. Come over here. Let me see it. What's your name? Uh, my name's Sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Sarcasm, you're not getting on the plane. 
Okay, then sarcasm comes back with a little mustache. <laughs> Hello, I'm the truth. And like, you're sarcasm, get out of here. You know, it's like, it's like I get that set. Like there's a guard there. Like, like, like God, but look at how the psalmist says, I can't do this on my own. Lord. That's why I kind of put it there. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Like analyze my speech. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I, for there I picture... I picture parents who have teenagers that are trying to sneak out, you know, and they have like a little, you know, alarm system or whatever. And, and it's like when it opens up, the alarm might not go off, but it might go like, beep, beep, you know, and then they freeze, waiting to hear if their parents are, not that I've ever known this personally, but, um, but you know, it, it's like, it's like, there's something that when I'm about to speak, they go, okay, let, let, come over here. Let me see what it, let me see your credentials. What were you going to say? What were you going to mean? How are you going to say it? Why are you saying it? You know, it's like by the time the interrogation's done, it's like, eh, <laughs> it's not worth it. Time's over. It's ruined. What, 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 if, what if we could do what James says and control our tongues? We, we, would, we would have the amount of self-control that you've never seen before. Well, it starts with the life hack of not saying anything. As Adra comes back up, um, I want to read this one verse that just blows my mind. Because, you know, for me and that individual who said that, there, I, I had some things on the line, okay? Um, the respect of my players, um, you know, if there were any other parents that heard that, they might think, you know, whatever. Or Yeah, that's right. We, we, we weren't passing the ball. It's like, I, I know that, okay? But, like, like, all that. So I had some stuff at stake, well, not really. Here's what happens with Jesus. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. You know what Jesus had at stake right there? Death. Like, like because the kingdom of God was at hand and Jesus needed to accomplish this, he was willing to take this silence thing all the way to the end. Did you know that when you and I go to work tomorrow or we enter in this week or we get online, the kingdom of God is at hand and you have no idea what God wants you to accomplish with your mouth? It could be something extraordinary. And and here's the thing. This is why we don't feel better when we're quiet. Because we have yet to feel the consequences of speech. All we know is that this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't being fixed. But what we don't know is if we said the wrong thing, how that would just spread like what? Because we didn't feel the consequences of our speech, we feel like we lost out somehow. Here's, what Jesus, here's the second verse with Jesus. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge. To the great amazement of the governor. As we enter into a quieter time of worship, we, we do a bunch of things at this time. We, we ask you to fill out your connection cards at this time. If you give then uh, on a Sunday morning that you'd prepare your offering. And as Bob said, those all go in that box in the back. And that those are important uh, things to a part of our worship is uh, g- giving and, and filling out those connection cards. Well, maybe, 
maybe as we just, as Audra plays a song or whatever, we just want to sit in silence and listen to the Lord and have him bring something to our mind. Lord, is there a relationship where I talk too much? Is there a relationship where I've set a fire and I got to go back now with the fire extinguisher of apology (laughs) and put that out or at least help? Is there an area in my life where I feel because of my insecurity, I have to defend myself all the time? I have to promote myself all the time? Heavenly Father, would you help me set a guard over the door of my mouth, over my lips, keep watch over them? Is there a spot? And just pick that spot. And then tomorrow, I guarantee you, (laughs) it's going to come up. And you... Maybe it's heavy lifting for you. Maybe it's light lifting for you. But you won't feel better. You will just not experience the fire that you would have experienced had you said something. And as you begin to do that, you will feel closer to your Heavenly Father because he will draw closer to you and he will begin to speak to you. Let me pray. Lord God, we just dedicate this time to you. That you would be glorified and honored. And um, Lord, we all, 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 all have these spots in our life where we either feel we need to say something or we need to fix something or correct something or point out something. Lord, just help us, help us, help us, help us. Set a guard over the door of our mouth. Keep watch over our lips. In Jesus' name, amen.